0: Blog Talk Radio. More live fantasy sports radio than anyone on the planet. Seven continuous hours of football, baseball, basketball, and hockey action each Monday through Friday, plus seven hours of game day frenzy on Sunday. The Fantasy Sports Channel, only on Blog Talk Radio. It's a schedule you can bet on.
1: championships are here in the national football league plus Louisville plays number one Pittsburgh find out our picks next
2: on red versus
1: blue
0: blue. Two friends, one heated rivalry. It's intense. It's no holds barred. It's game time. On Red vs. Blue Sports Talk Radio with your hosts Scott Atkins and Michael Trent. Scott and Mike and their versatility bring new light to many topics in and out of the world of fantasy sports. Guests can reach the show by calling 347-324-5404 red versus blue sports talk radio where planet red and big blue nation collide let's hope they're still friends afterwards here they are scott and mike
3: hello
1: everybody and good evening Welcome to another edition of Red vs. Blue Sports Talk Radio, wherever you may be. Thanks for making us part of your night. Hey, we've got a big week uh, in the National Football League. The conference championships are here, Mike, and uh, we've got two big games. Uh, you know, people call this uh, this week the true Super Bowl for fans in the National Football League because, honestly, people uh, just can't afford the tickets for the Super Bowl. And we've got two great games. Uh, The first one in the AFC, we've got two defensive-laden teams here. Uh, Baltimore at Pittsburgh, Sunday at 6.30. And then we've got uh, also the game before that uh, in the NFC, uh, a home team, Arizona against Philly at 3 o'clock. My big blue co-host from Brandenburg, Kentucky, Mike Trent. Mike, you with us?
2: Yeah, I'm I'm right with you, Scott. And I'm looking forward to uh, breaking these games down a little bit. And we're looking forward to a – to a great show. We still got a little bit more football left. I I think somebody people may be thinking, well, there's not much left, uh, fantasy wise. Well, you know, there's still a couple different different aspects of looking at it uh, and there's different ways of looking at it. But we got Philly, Arizona at three thirty, Baltimore and Pittsburgh at six, and it's gonna be uh two games that are gonna be predicated by defenses and uh but one yeah. game, is, you know, when you're looking at it over and under, one game at 47. Wow, wow. that's a lot of points. Yeah,
1: it was over and, it was close uh, so, to
2: 50. It was 50, wasn't it? Yeah, it, yeah, it was 50 when it started out, and now it's at 47. But that's still a lot of down. points in a uh, in a playoff game, Scott. But uh, we're looking forward to uh, breaking that down and uh, breaking down some uh, UK Uvalle stuff, and uh, I just look forward to a great show with you again, as usual, Scott.
1: Well, we're also going to bring on uh, Dr. Dish early tonight too. Uh, Dr. Dish as always, is always a big, uh, L- big uh, NFL fan and Cardinal uh, affiliate here down in uh, near Louisville, Kentucky. Dish, are you with us?
4: Yeah, how you doing, Mike Scott?
1: We're glad to have you on the show in such a here. big, big week uh, for Louisville basketball. Just off of a big win against Notre Dame in overtime. And now they've got uh, number one Pittsburgh rolling into Freedom Hall, and we're going to talk about that. This is a very unique show for those of you that are listening Damn for the first time. Yeah, this is Red versus Blue Sports Talk Radio. We talk NFL. Uh, both of all of us are fantasy players. Uh, we're also high stakes fantasy players in the world of high stakes fantasy football. I'm Team Legacy, uh, but uh, in the real world, I'm Sky Atkins, fan of the Louisville Cardinals, and. Uh, so what we like to do is segue off the NFL at the end of the year, and then we go full steam ahead through the winter with uh, college basketball. That's where we're uh, we're from Indiana. Uh, we're also well, Mike's from Kentucky, and uh, forgive him for that. Absolutely, but we we we, uh, we we live and breathe uh, college basketball in the off season uh, of the NFL. And uh, you know, there's nothing better than uh, rooting for Louisville and rooting against Kentucky when you're. When you're uh, a Louisville (laughs) and Kentucky fan,
2: so that's part of it. That's part of it, Scott.
5: Hey, I'll tell you what.
2: uh, Uh, Hey, uh, one thing, Neil. Before you get going, uh, I would like uh, one thing. Talk about Louisville women's basketball. Uh, Not maybe this episode, but maybe the next episode because we have. uh, I, I've actually got three or four listeners that absolutely are intrigued by what the University of Louisville women's basketball team is doing. So huh. we'll just maybe put that on the back burner and think about it and go from there.
1: Mike, as I'm watching the console here on my switchboard, I just saw the ratings go down a couple points when we started talking Louisville College women's basketball. Uh, we've, we've, we've got the uh, we've got the <laughs> NFC and AFC championships. To Wait till I start talking
2: dolphin horse racing. <laughs>
1: Yeah, well, you know, maybe a little bit of that in the off season but uh we're gonna talk uh well let's talk some NFL here guys. We've got uh we've got a couple of big games. Uh also I want to give out the number here. I'd hate to not do that. Uh the number you can reach the show is three four seven three two four five four zero four. We'd love to take your call and hear what you have to say and uh maybe you can break down one of these games for us. Uh we some of us are still in these uh fantasy playoff leagues where you actually still get to pick your players and uh you know if you don't have kurt warner or fitzgerald you've obviously got to get those guys in there they're racking it up and and let's start there this week i think that was the biggest story of the week uh in the national football league uh was arizona carolina arizona coming into this game as an underdog a big underdog um carolina was the lock of the week by a lot of pundits and i think you heard it on this show that arizona had a pretty good chance of winning this game after the way they uh played against atlanta and uh Look, twenty-seven to seven at the half. They had it. In, they had it in well in hand at the half. Uh, and the story here was Jake DeLone, thirteen for thirty-four, two hundred five yards, five interceptions, and a fumble. Uh, Mike, he couldn't seem to get it together. Arizona had his number all day, and and they just abandoned the run.
2: Yeah, you know, it's funny. You get behind. Uh, you get behind that quick. Of course, they scored early, and then uh, next thing you know. Arizona was just just demolishing uh, DeLome and the run game and one turnover after another. But the, the thing that bothers me is, okay, you're down 27, you're down 27-7, and then it's like, well, let's drop back pass and see what happens. But when you're down 27-7, you know, two touchdowns, two methodical drives brings you right into the game. And they just totally abandoned D. Will and uh, Jonathan Stewart, and they left it on uh, Jake DeLome to try to do some things that he wasn't capable of doing. It's it's kind of like I talked with you. Uh, I, I think it was midway midway through the uh, second quarter. It's like okay, we'll see what they can do coming from behind in a playoff situation, and they they could not convert. They just could not get it done, and it you know it, it was a it was a sad thing. I mean, it looks sad from my standpoint. Uh, you know, on his birthday, on Jake Delhomme's birthday, and here he goes—five uh, turnovers and not, uh, not to mention the fumble—and it was a it was a bad situation. But is Arizona's defense that good? I don't know, Scott. What do you think?
1: Arizona's defense is really coming together at the right time. Uh, that Cromartie kid—he's uh, he's healthy and he's and he's making that defense click. And then you've got a couple of leaders on defense, and Wilson. Uh, I know I heard Danny Green on the radio uh, earlier this week just saying that uh, Wilson was the the leader in the locker room. And and Adrian Wilson is a guy that you want to have uh, fired up, and and, and he's shown it. So I'm just curious why Carolina abandoned the run so fast. I mean, when when you're only going to give D. Will 12 carries, (laughs) and you're only going to give Johnson Stewart three carries, these are guys that have carried you all year on the ground. And, uh, you know, the game's not over. I mean, I know they jumped out, but the game's not over, and you can put together a couple of good drives. And uh, Arizona, man, thought, to their to their credit, they've been filling the gaps, kind of reminiscent of the Colts when the Colts didn't have a defense all year, but they got it together in the in the playoff stretch. And and Hunt has this team humming.
2: I you know what, Scott? I th- I really think Carolina just totally panicked. And uh, Fox, I I cannot imagine John John Fox panicking, but I think the. Uh, I think the whole team just panicked. They looked across the field, and they saw just a a bunch of Arizona Cardinals that that were very aggressive. John Fox is thinking, okay, well, no problem. We'll find Steve Smith downfield. Well, he wasn't available because of the coverage. And there were different things, and it just got them frustrated. And everybody knows it it doesn't matter what you do. The more frustrated you get, the more panicky you get, the worse off you are instead of – Settling yeah. back in to the thing you need to do, and they didn't do that.
1: Well, and Arizona ran the ball. Hightower with 17 carries for 76 yards, and Edgar and James chipped it for 20 carries. Uh, just kind of pushing it 57 yards and a touchdown. The the story here on Arizona's side is obviously Larry Fitzgerald, uh, eight catches, 166 yards and a touchdown. Dish, he's, he's been absolutely unstoppable, and this week it sounds like he, they get Anquan Bolton back.
2: Yeah, no, I, they're going to get uh, Bowden back, and uh, that's going to open it up. And the the hidden guy is uh, Steve Breston. I mean, you know, they sit there and start keying on uh, Fitzgerald, and uh, Bowden comes back, and they're like, okay, well, we got to go. we got to key on Fitz. we got to key on Bowden. Next thing you know, here comes uh, Steve Breston. So, you know, yeah. you got an experienced quarterback like Kurt Warner. He's been there. He's done it. He's done it. He's won it. I mean, he, he's held that Lombardi trophy above his head, and that's what uh, Fitzgerald was talking about a couple of days ago. He's held that trophy above his head. We want a guy like that on our side. And so there's a lot of different options that can open up, and next thing you know, I mean, it wouldn't surprise me to see him go to uh, maybe Fitz, three or four receptions, Bowden, three or four receptions, uh, Steve Breston, a couple. And then high tower, hundred yards rushing. I really see this game being well over the forty-seven, but we'll talk about that here in a little bit. But I think it's going to be a great game, Scott. Uh, I mean, it's it's just a it's it's a wonderful uh, it, it's a wonderful time of year to be watching these kind of games and uh, seeing yeah. these teams progress the way they're doing. Well, as
1: fans, we all love it, and this is this is this is the time. And I wish they would have had a game on Saturday and Sunday. I don't remember them doing. Both championship games on Sunday, I always thought they did one on Saturday and one on Sunday, so I don't know what's going on there yeah. maybe I just have no them. They, they
2: they did' them, they did both of the uh uh conference championships they've been both on Sundays, and I don't like it because it' got work, but <laughs> the bottom line is it's uh you know they they've done them both on Sundays, but I don't remember when they backed the time up the way they have this year one at three and one at six thirty that that's a little different.
1: Three four seven three two four five four zero four. You know, I got to mention this in the chat room. We've got a lively bunch in here today. We got Sheldon, uh, one of our one of our favorites, uh, a Tennessee native and a and a Jets fan in the in the house. He's thinking Philly's gonna win. We've got a newcomer in Walkie thirty three. Uh, it looks like a, a Pittsburgh and Philadelphia uh, battle royal has broken out between uh, Walkie thirty three and Swag Team. Uh Swag team's pretty confident that uh the Eagles are gonna win the uh win it all. It's uh, McNav uh McNabb and Reed's turn. Uh and we've got a couple others in here. It's uh it's a lot of fun. If you get a chance to come on and join the live chat, uh there's a lot of uh there's always a lot of action going on there and we talk uh throughout the show and, and we can get some of your comments on the air. Uh
3: well I'll tell you Reed what Scott, real quick,
2: yeah. uh r- real quick, I'm watching uh I'm looking at uh Swag team and Walkie. A lot of fun. And uh it, it brings me back to what I was uh, hearing on the uh, Jim Rome show the other day. Pittsburgh, Philly. What about a Pennsylvania Super Bowl? I mean, these guys would they not go at it or what? I mean, they're, they're talking on chat room now, and it's kind of, kind of, kind of easy, kind of laid back. But could you imagine Pittsburgh, Philly, and the Super Bowl? Woo! Yeah, yeah.
1: And these are both. Uh, these are both. Um... Pennsylvania guys, I think, too. So, uh, you know, anytime you get them in the same room, it's going to be a, a dogfight. So, uh, again, the number 347-324-5404. We're going to break down all the NFL games uh, this week, and we're going to break down the pivotal matchups uh, in college basketball, Louisville and Kentucky. Uh, we've got big games uh, for those guys this week and uh, big games that they had this week. And talk about a memorable game, uh, Jody Meeks with that 54 points. We're going to talk about that. Uh, for Kentucky fans as well. Uh, Arizona-Carolina was a good game, uh, you know, for the first half, but then you just, you just saw it set in. The reality set in that it was not Carolina's day, and, and Arizona was going to pull off this miraculous feat. And this week, uh, they're a four-point underdog to Philadelphia who had a game against the Giants. And, and, you know, we've seen the Giants all year round. Uh, they've won with defense. They've won with a, a punishing ground attack. And when they lost Plaxico, I, I, I was I was worried off the bat that that was going to be the dagger, mm-hmm. uh, so to speak, for the Giants. And and Doctor Dish, I think you can comment on this. Plaxico was pretty solid last year. They, he, he was he was pivotal pivotal for the, uh, the the Giants' playoff hopes last year. They went to him over and over again. And when they lost him, they just weren't the same team.
4: Yeah, I mean that's I kind of played it figured that too because he was their big third down guy downfield too. He's a big downfield threat too. And he, 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 they pretty much, Eli just had to throw it up there and him he'd go get it, you know? Yep. Uh, it's hard to defend a guy that big, too.
3: A... Well, nobody
1: stepped up to, uh, to give Eli that weapon. You had Kevin Boss, you had Amani Toomer, and you had, uh, who was his backup there? Um, uh, I don't even remember his name, but he didn't, he didn't ever uh, pose a threat. No. Uh, he didn't pose a threat to Philly. They could come in and, and, and close those, uh, receivers off and bump and run, and, and they didn't have any, anywhere to go. Looking at the stat lines, uh, McNabb didn't have much problems, 22 for 40, 217 was a balanced game. Uh, Westy didn't do anything special, 18 for 36, and D-Jack uh, neither, four for four receptions for 81 is the leading receiver. Uh, on the other side of the ball, uh, Eli just didn't have anything going, 15 for 29, 169. Uh, so this is the story of the Philadelphia defense, uh, holding the Giants to eight points at the half, and then uh, the Giants ended up with only 11 for the game, 23 to 11, Philadelphia. Yeah.
2: You know, Scott, I really think it is. Uh, I think Tom Coughlin expected that Jacobs could get more and his offensive line could get more out of the run, and it just didn't happen. It just it, it wasn't developing, and next thing you know, uh, you know, Eli's going back and going, who am I going to throw it to?
4: Yeah, they it shut it the just, run down pretty good, do yeah,
2: they? Yeah, sh- they shut it down uh, uh, big time. And uh, it it was just one of them things to where maybe the scheme of things when when you go in with a game plan and it doesn't work well maybe at halftime he should have you know gone back and done something different but then again Philly's defense is pretty tough I mean it's smash mouth I mean defense wins games and in this time of year it's it's coming to the forefront.
4: Well has got they, management coming, stepping forward now, and addressing some of these problem players are having on the team. You know about uh, they're keeping them from, you know, from. I mean, they want to the, they want a team to become a team and to jail and and play as a as a group instead of instead of being just a, uh, the game's
2: all about me. You know. Right, and they but they all want uh, they all want go back except for uh, Tom Coughlin. Well, well it sounds yeah. like he think,
1: is coming back, so I don't think that's even a question anymore. I think. He, he is coming back, and, uh, you know, that, that's what Eli has to have. It, it's its Eli's fallback pillow. It's Eli's safety net. <laughs> when, when you only have Dominic Hickson out there to scare the uh, scare the opposing defense, you know, it's not
2: going to
4: get a That's the job. not much. Yeah, Hickson's good. And I totally agree.
2: And I totally agree with what you guys are saying. Uh you know, it's one thing to have Plasco out there, and it's totally different when he's not out there because that, that – that just instead of uh, five, six, seven in the box, you got nine in the box going at the running back. That's so what
4: hear, dude. that's what they had. That's what
2: they had. Yep. Three, four, seven, three,
4: two, four,
1: five, four, zero, four is the number to call in. Uh, and when I look back at that game, uh, you know, Acres does his job and kicks the field goals. He does that every from? week. From <laughs> from Louisville, yeah,
2: Louisville. Uh, <laughs> but
1: uh, I tell you what. Uh McNabb continually got the first down uh, through the pass. He had 12 first downs through the air. Uh, and, and when you're getting that done, that's, uh, that's moving the chains. And, and I know they got a, a play that got him down near the end zone, and, and then McNabb punched it in early in the game. And that kind of set the tone and said, okay, this is, this is not going to be a game that the Giants are going to just roll over and win like they have so many before, no matter if it's at home or not. Uh, Dawkins had a strong game. Uh, he had eight tackles on the day. Uh, Asante Samuel's uh, had the big interception. He's been a difference maker, Mike. You know, the, the guy was a,
2: a proven winner. Yeah, there's no doubt about it. He he gets things done, and uh, he knows when he knows his spot and where he needs to be and what he needs to do to make things happen. Uh, the one thing about the Philadelphia Eagles, um, I cannot stand Philadelphia, but. In, in all the NFL because in, in in the city of Philadelphia, when you win, you lose. <laughs> when you lose, you really lose. I mean, that, that, they booed Santa Claus, and, and it's just it's the worst city in the world to coach in, but this guy kept his composure. He benched McNabb and said, okay, ever since that benching of McNabb, and wasn't necessarily a benching. Maybe it was just a gut check. And ever since that, that team has rallied. And it's not just Coach Reed. It's not just Donovan McNabb. It's not just uh, you know uh, the rest of the players. They've they've all done it together, and uh, they've co- they've come together and made made things happen. And that's yeah. kind of interesting to watch, just out of the NFC just like what uh, the Giants did last year. So I'm going to have fun watching it.
1: I'm trying to remember, when did that interception uh, of Samuels happen? Did it happen early in the game? Uh, because I know I heard that he uh, in the second half he missed the first defensive series because he had to go into the no, locker room. No, no, it, it happened
2: in the first half. Yeah, first
1: okay, because he had to go into the locker room to get fluids through an IV, and then he returned on the next series. And, uh, man, the guy, okay. you know, he's a difference maker. Yep, he is. Uh, you know, also the, the Eagles defense, they came through and they stuffed Manning on fourth and one late, and then they, the next series they came back and stuffed Brandon Jacobs on fourth and two. And when you do that, that's saying, okay, defense is going to define this game. Uh, and so Arizona is not going to have it easy uh, at home when they face this Philadelphia team.
2: Well, see, uh, well, see the, the one thing about it, Scott, that if, if you don't mind me interjecting, is they knew exactly what the Giants were going to do. Now, when they go play Arizona, that could be a little bit different because who could who knows what's going to happen? It could be a play action with uh, Hightower to, uh, and then a play action to Bowden or a tight end coming out coming out of the backfield. I mean, I think Arizona's and uh, Wizenhunt they're going to throw in a bunch of packages that are going to really kind of they're going to try to mess with Philadelphia so much. But is it going to be effective enough to the defense? I think we'll know that early on in the first quarter. And if Philly or if uh, Arizona is not effective enough throwing in them packages, I think Philly rules the game and should win easy.
1: Mike, we've got a caller from the 901, so we're going to take a call real quick. Uh, we've got the switchboard oh. actually lit up for us. So, 901, you're on. What you got? What's up,
3: Scott? Hey, who we got? It's a show. Hey, show. How you doing?
1: Hey, we're just hanging out, having a good time, talking football, and a little bit of college basketball to come later.
3: Well, I told you San Diego would be a sleeper for one week. (laughs)
1: That's (laughs) all I got out of. Yeah, you had Rivers,
3: and uh, Rivers had a big game.
1: Let's talk about that.
3: Well, he he looked good, but he, he had a team coming after him all night long. Uh they were tough. Well,
2: right, so what, what, what do you think about LT next year? Because I've got uh, I've got a firm belief in LT. What do you think about LT next year?
3: I don't know. I know Sproles looked awful good, but I don't think he can hold up for a whole season. Uh, LT's a hard guy to count out. Uh, I'm, I'm waiting to see myself.
2: Yep. That, that, that's going to be very interesting to see, and I would love for all the fantasy uh, – Fantasy owners around there that are listening to keep an eye on LT and some of those some of those guys uh, because when we start talking fantasy football in uh, you know late May June July we're going yeah. we're going to be talking LT and uh, uh, we're going to be talking you, about you, seeing how he's doing. You've got him in a dynasty league and
1: hyperactive, and you're wanting to know whether to deal him or not. And, and uh, you know I think it's the right move to get rid of him now. So look look at this uh, look at this San Diego team only. I mean, it was a pretty close game through halftime. It was fourteen to ten. Uh, Pittsburgh was ahead. It was really anybody's game at halftime. And you only have eleven carries. Your running back gets you eleven carries for fifteen yards all day. Okay, that's where you need Ladainian Tomlinson. You're not gonna You're not gonna win that game in Pittsburgh without LT. I think we we should have all seen that coming. I think most of us did. But Rivers passed for three hundred eight uh, yards, show and three touchdowns. So you got uh, you got a good respectable game out of, out of your fantasy quarterback.
2: Well, going into this
3: week, I've got Mason, I've got Hines Ward, and I got Feely, and that's one of the reasons I'm pulling for the Eagles. I don't have anybody with Arizona, and I want to Ow. get rid of them.
1: Well, I haven't looked at the actual standings, but I think you have to have uh, one from each to have a chance to uh, to get in that money, unless uh, I, I well, you know, I don't know. This this early in the game, I, I guess is not that important. But if Arizona wins, you're, you know, you're going to be hurt for sure.
3: Oh yeah, yeah.
1: Well, Arizona, uh, not Arizona, San Diego. Uh, let's look at the stat lines here. Chambers four catches for seventy-two yards, not much. Gates five for fifty-nine, and, and Vincent Jackson, Mike. Uh, he was a sleeper on a lot of teams. He had that long one for forty yards, but he only finished the day for two catches, forty-nine yards. So, yeah,
2: did, he's, he's, he's he's done. good for. Yeah, he's good for about one good long one, and that's about it. But uh, I think once this uh, once this team gets retooled. And uh, gets together in uh, July of next year. They're gonna be dangerous. I-, I really believe San Diego's gonna be very dangerous because Vincent Jackson has proven himself this year.
3: Yeah, they just did not go to him enough the other week, uh, last week. Yep. But uh he still I think he just played the TD, I think. Right. Yeah,
1: that's pretty much all they did and, and Pittsburgh man, they just uh they just kept handing it off to to fast Willie. Twenty seven carries, hundred and forty six yards and two touchdowns. He was a guy that I wanted to put on my team just because, you know, you've got Pittsburgh uh, defense carrying the way, and if you have that Super Bowl guy, uh, that's different from a lot of teams. But you look at his track record going into this thing, and it just wasn't impressive at all. Um, Uh, So to see him do that against San Diego, I almost think that, you know, uh, the guys that put Fast Willie on there, they've got a leg up on the competition right now. He's coming alive when he needs to. Roethlisberger didn't do much, 180 yards. He did enough. He managed the game and and kept uh, them, but they had a big second half. And and the the second half team that we saw from Pittsburgh, I think, is the team you're going to see this weekend uh, play Baltimore. You're going to see the best of uh, best of both of them this week. It's going to be a defensive dogfight. These two teams, Mike, they hate each other.
2: Yeah, you know, there's no doubt about it. They they do not like each other. Uh, Pittsburgh's already beat them twice. Uh, one thing that I think if, if you're any NFL fan, be curious to watch out for. And uh, Willie did this last week, running outside of a tackle instead of running off the guard. So be very careful uh, watching, uh, watching Heath Miller to block for Willie Parker. I think you might see Willie Parker get a lot more yards going outside. Well,
1: we'll see. This is going to be a tough game. You know, uh Baltimore Tennessee. Show uh good luck on the contest, man. Thanks for calling in. And
2: same to and, you, uh, bye. Keep, keep hey, thanks for show. See you, Mike. Thanks, man.
1: Shows a consummate professional in the world of high stakes fantasy sports and uh he's given uh given that fantasy playoffs left. another run. We're going to take another call from the 920, uh 920
6: Wisconsin. You're on. What's going on, guys? This is Dave Zacc. We
3: here.
1: Hey, Dave.
3: Up, Dave.
6: Good to hear from you. So how's it going? You guys ready for Philly to suck her down or what? <laughs> uh,
3: <laughs> well, I know you're in
6: the man, baby.
1: You have a future bet on those guys or something?
6: I don't, but Alex does, actually. I wish I had put it in. I'm sorry, right.
1: He's got them at 14 to 1 for some pretty solid money. Yeah, well... You know, we talked Philadelphia and Giants before you uh before you came on. We're actually uh you know, we know they're taking on Arizona. We talked a little bit about the defense and I, and I and I wanted to quote uh, a couple of things that you had. I had my your message board open uh from the ffpc.com to uh talk a little bit about some of those stats. I don't know if you have those in front of you, but you had posted some oh, pretty yeah. good uh you had, you posted some pretty good stats today about the uh the matchups this week.
6: Yeah, I mean, the one thing I found was really interesting is that there's never been a team that's given up as many points as Arizona has that has made the Super Bowl. Uh, They've given up 426 points this year. And uh, the 2006 Colts, I think it was 360 uh, in in route to winning the Super Bowl. And then before that, there was only one other team that had ever made the Super Bowl, and that was, I think, the 83 Raiders giving up 340. So, I mean, this is like the biggest outlier of all outliers that you could possibly have if the Cardinals actually pull this off and get a W.
1: That's a stat, guys. That's a stat. No team has ever given up more points. Uh, it said 340 points was the most ever to make the Super Bowl, and the Cardinals have given up 426 points, Mike. You can't ignore a stat like that. I don't know. We met, uh, we, You're speechless, we, we, uh, Mike. You can't even talk about it. It's crazy. Yeah, we might, have, we might have lost Mike on the switchboard. Actually, it says he's still there, but uh, I'm there. <laughs> Okay. He was he was he, he was grabbing a beer, going to the fridge. <laughs> Mike we we, uh, fridge. We, talked, we talked about this stat here that uh the brought up, no team has ever made the Super Bowl after allowing more than 340 points, and the Cardinals have given up 426 this year.
2: Uh-huh. Well, <laughs> you get this one's That gone. means Phil, uh, that means it's Philly and Baltimore. Well, <laughs>
5: That's not a good one. I mean,
6: those teams are really evenly matched. That's going to be a really, uh, like you said, it's going to be a dogfight, Scott.
4: I think it's Arizona-Pittsburgh.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, I've got a couple parlays with Arizona-Pittsburgh in there just to, uh, you know, something about that Arizona team. Again, I don't think we've ever seen a night and day transformation of a defense like we've seen with Arizona. I mean, Arizona's not a team that you would think would shut down uh, Carolina's ground game and Carolina's passing game. Uh, they shut down Atlanta's ground game, uh, and you didn't see that all year. They they weren't a they weren't a defense uh, that you could call a defense in any respectable manner on on either side, running or passing defense.
2: Well, uh, um, another thing, Scott. Nobody nobody went to Carolina and beat them. Carolina was eight and zero at home, and that 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 was very impressive. The way they did it. I mean, uh, you know, you can. It's discount. Dalone's six turnovers or whatever, but the main thing is they shut Carolina down, and that was uh, that was you know that was amazing. So, is it a transformation? Is is what Arizona is doing? Is it that good? I don't know. We're about ready to find out when uh, when Donovan McNabb and uh, Hot Philly plays Arizona. So uh, that's going to be a lot of fun to check out.
1: Yep, and that game is, again, at Sunday at 3 o'clock, uh, yeah. Philadelphia at Arizona. And the over-under on that game is now 47, Mike, down from 50 47. and a half. Yeah. yeah forty forty-seven 47, down from 50 and a half. So, let's go in that direction, Dave. Yeah, it's heading downward. I mean,
6: uh, you know, just to go back to what Mike said, I think that I think that Jake Alone might have been paid off by some Hollywood uh, – somebody's yeah.
2: better yeah. <laughs> because this guy – Hey, Dave, when he I was watching your <laughs> hey Dave, when I, when when I was watching that game, I was like, "This can't be. This can't be real. This this cannot What's be been, happening." I mean, it's just like something, something was, you know, somebody was held hostage or something that he turned over <laughs> six times and
6: uh, something happened there. I don't know what happened, man, but uh yeah. I don't <laughs> see having that happen,
2: though. No. <laughs> <laughs> yep. And I
6: don't know. I, mean, I think it's going to be. You know, it'll be interesting <laughs> to see. I mean, I I. I, I Talk to talked to Daydrinker Josh on the message boards about it, and uh, I think, you know, again, a lot of these playoff games, in fact, almost all of them have come down to turnovers. I mean, whoever wins the turnover battle generally has won the game. You look at Baltimore, yeah. they were out yarded in that game, they should have lost it, they won the turnover battle, they had all those red zone turnovers, and they ended up getting a win. And I mean, this, this is exactly what's probably going to happen in both those games this weekend.
2: You know what, And that's what uh, Ed Reed was talking about. Uh, I heard on another show earlier this week, he said, look, if we win a turnover battle, we win the game. And that's just cut, dry, and simple because they have enough confidence, believe it or not, in the rookie, Joe Flacco, they have enough confidence in him that if we win the turnover battle, we win the game. Um, and that's, that's, that's funny to say, but it's true. Dave
1: also posted some pretty other uh, some other interesting stats here on the on his message board theffpc.com. Uh, since 1970, home teams are 50 and 26 in conference championship games. And then we saw uh, since 1983, home dogs are 1-2-1 against the spread in the conference finals. Uh, favorites are 21 and 9 straight up in NFL championship games. And, let's see, the total is 18-14 and 14 over the past 15 years, so kind of in the middle there, nothing really uh, Nothing really uh, glaring. Uh, what else did I see that was so uh, alarming here? There was that here? Super Bowl.
6: There was that um, stat when the team that knocks off the defending Super Bowl champions is like 0-9 against the spread or something like that, the game hey, after here. beating them. And that
2: was a re- that <laughs> really big one against Philly, actually. Yeah, that would have been go. Philly against Giants. Yep. It says yep, teams would, that knock off
1: the teams that knock off the defending Super Bowl champs the week before are zero and ten straight up, and one and nine against the spread the following week. Wow, that's a big one. That's
2: a big one. Looks like Arizona, pencil. Uh, hey, tell Glendale, Arizona, you're going to the Super Bowl. You're going from Arizona to Tampa, baby. <laughs>
1: Dave, who, Dave, who's your pick for these uh, Who's your pick for these two games? I'm against the spread. I'm taking Philly against the spread and
6: Baltimore against the spread. And straight up, I will take Philly and I would take uh, Pittsburgh, let's say, by a field goal. Those are my picks.
1: All right, so you're trying to catch the middle there. Uh, you're taking Baltimore against the spread, Philly against the spread, and uh, Philly and Pitt straight up.
6: Yeah, Philly and Pitt straight up. I still want Baltimore to win outright. I kind of predicted Baltimore having shots against the Super Bowl i um, also take the Philly under in that game. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. That's about it. And I appreciate letting me on, guys, and uh, good luck with the rest of the show.
2: Yeah, Dave, hey, thanks for Dave, calling in. Dave, All right. thanks a lot. We appreciate it, man. Yeah, Dave Gerzak,
1: theffpc.com. Uh, and, guys, if you want to know why we talk uh, high-stakes fantasy football here, uh, it's because of guys like Dave uh, who run the Fantasy Football Players Championship. Dave Gerzak also – won over a hundred and fifteen thousand dollars yes, I said that right. I'll say it again a hundred fifteen thousand dollars this year
2: playing the
1: national fantasy football championship, and we've had Dave on several times this year uh before he won. We had him on early in the year uh several times and uh to see him go out there and win that hundred grand uh was nice to see and and just goes to show you you know you can keep uh keep fighting the fight and uh one of these days uh I think it can kind of uh, give you a little bit of vindica- vindication and, and justification for playing this uh, this hobby and this addiction that we have in
2: in fantasy football. 100 grand. That's crazy. That's a lot. I mean, that's crazy, Scott. And that's a lot of fun. And we're we're going to get it. One of these days, we're going to get it. <laughs> we're going to find our way in that 14 team league, that 14 starter and uh, 22 start or 22 roster league. We're going to get it.
1: 3473245404 the guys in the chat room are still going at it they have not stopped the entire hour it's Philly Pittsburgh is that Philly pit Philly Pitt? and and i i wouldn't be surprised to see these guys back in here next friday night when uh when it's philly and pittsburgh in the super bowl uh if uh, if that happens and and i and i'd like to i'd like to know right now i'd like to know right now if both of you guys will come back regardless of the outcome of your team and uh, you know that's what that's what uh, that's what shows whether or not you got what it takes to uh, to talk some smack. Will you come back here and eat your crow when one of the teams, when your team doesn't make it, and your team has a letdown? Because I tell you what, Carolina fans—they have been nowhere to be found since last week. All right, we've got Baltimore and Tennessee. Last game here, Baltimore and Tennessee. Baltimore uh, uh, looked good uh, at halftime. It was tied seven to seven. And then Baltimore finishes the game 13-10. They got tons of breaks their way. They won the turnover battle. They got a gift from Algie Crumpler right there near the goal line. And Lundell uh, White. You know, <laughs> White. And Lundell uh, White. And, look, if Chris Johnson was in this game, I think we all agree, Tennessee rolls them.
2: They yeah, might have I think they will Yeah. Yeah, I mean, there's no doubt about it. Uh, Chris Johnson was uh, running with aggressiveness. Uh, that I mean, he couldn't be stopped. And he was catching the ball in the backfield, and he was a definite monster. But uh, you know, there's something that tells me that Baltimore would have taken care of that anyway. But uh, it's, you know, it's hard to tell. Hindsight 2020, 20, but uh, Baltimore took advantage of the situation that Chris Johnson was out, and uh, so they, they yeah. made it happen, Scott.
1: and well, Flacco did what he needed to do, just enough, manage the game, don't turn it over. Uh, 11 carry, 11 uh, completions for 22 attempts, 161 yards, and a, a beautiful pass to Mason. Uh, Mason had a good day, 5 for 78 and a touchdown. And, and Flacco gets the ball where he needs to. I did hear something that, you know, he only had a couple of good throws, a couple of big throws that whole game. You know, three big key completions, that one where he lofted it up in the air and it seemed to hang up there forever. And then uh, Clayton comes down with it. I don't think you're going to get that kind of luck against Pittsburgh this week. The question will be, Doctor Dish, can he do it against Pittsburgh this week?
4: Um, Yeah, I think he can. (laughs) I do. Thanks for sounding
1: so convincing. (laughs) Yeah, I know. (laughs) I'll give you a chance to redeem yourself. Okay. No, uh, he.
2: There, ahead, there's Dean. no, there's no, there's no doubt about it, Dean. I mean, Neil, think Neil, yeah, he can do it. He can do it because he's got a strong arm, and his receivers believe in him. His offensive line believes in him, and uh, Derek Mason is going to get loose. I see, I see one, at least one long touchdown for Derek Mason, and uh, so. But Flacco knows how to run, and he's he's a different kind of quarterback that the NFL they have no idea how to react to. He's not
4: going to beat his, He's not going to beat himself.
2: He may right. not be, but but I don't know with Harbaugh as a coach, and Harbaugh can just sit there and just channel this guy and say, "Look, it's just a normal game, even though it's not." I mean, well, I, think, I think I think this is.
1: This is game three. That's the important thing. These teams have met twice. They're they're division rivals. And when it went at Pittsburgh, this is the game, the famous game, where there was a bunch of trash talk going back and forth between uh, Ray Rice and Mendenhall. And and then Mendenhall gets hit by Ray Lewis. He gets taken out of the game. Now, Mendenhall was drafted to be the bruising back for Pittsburgh. And he was the one that they didn't think – they didn't have a lot of faith in, in Willie Parker being able to carry the ball you know, 300 times this year and carry, carry the rock all year. So they have drafted right. Mendenhall in the first round, spent a first-round pick on him. Baltimore knocks him out for the season. Pittsburgh still wins that game, 23-20. to It was a close game. Flacco, just a look, and this is one of his first games of the year, 16 for 31, 192-1. and one. No mistakes. He didn't make but. the mistakes. He managed the game. He threw the ball a lot to Derek Mason, eight catches, 137 yards. He got McLean to pound it away. He got McGahee to pound it away. Pittsburgh got a defensive touchdown in that game. I, I, I do remember uh, Flacco fumbled the ball there, uh, and so they, they, that's not uh, – I think it was a Flacco fumble or a handoff or something there. They, uh, they, they they had a fumble and a recovery for a touchdown, Pittsburgh did, and they only won by three points without that defensive touchdown. Then you had an Antonio Holmes play that was just fantastic. He got away from them, and, uh, and he broke Ed Reed's uh, ankle there for a minute and got past him too. Uh, that was week three, and that was a three-point game. And we go yeah. back to this other game just recently, week fifteen. That game was won thirteen to nine. Yeah, that got won so, last
4: second. No
1: yeah, and, and look at Flacco that game, eleven for twenty-eight, one fifteen, and two picks. So he didn't look as poised, and there wasn't a receiver stepping up and making any plays that day. Wasn't that without McGee? No, McGee. Well, McGee had six carries. LaRon had twenty-three carries. They gave they gave it to LaRon pretty much most of the game. Yep. Uh I don't see much else here. Uh, Roethlisberger went uh, twenty-two for forty for two forty-six, but uh, Roethlisberger made the difference when he went seven for eleven on a twelve-play ninety-two-yard drive.
0: Right.
1: Um, you know. I don't know. Uh, you know, if, if Flacco plays again like that, well, they're not going to win the game. You know, but uh, it, it's one of those things that, hey, that was a 13-9 game
2: and he played that bad, guys. He played that bad and they only won by four points. I totally agree with Dave. It, it's going to come down to uh, turnovers. It's a turnover game and whoever wins the battle of turnovers probably going to win the game. I think right. they tend
4: to play a lot more conservative in these kind of games, too, like that. You know, they're not really airing it out. They're not putting the ball up there for grabs, not like uh, Carolina did last week. I mean, that was a – I think they're playing smarter with the ball. They're, gonna, they're not going to beat themselves. So they're they're playing closer to the best on that, you know. If they get it in there, they try, but they're not forcing it.
1: We're going to take another call here. We've got a call from the 717. 717, you're on red versus blue.
2: Hey, guys, it's Rocky, How are you? Walkie. Walkie, what's up, buddy? Not too much, <laughs> man. The, Call from
5: PA here, man.
1: One of the chat room warriors, and this is a uh, this
5: is the Pittsburgh fan, right? No, <laughs> Walkie's actually a Cowboy fan. He's just an oh, Eagle eater. That's my
4: dog. He's Pennsylvania. <laughs> He's an Eagle leader, though.
5: <laughs> I shouldn't say that, being from the state of Pennsylvania. You know what I mean? But uh, that's yeah. my much that's my true feelings. I'm pulling for the Steelers. I like to see the Steelers win in here. Uh, um, I think the Arizona-Philadelphia game is going to be an interesting matchup. Uh, Philly had their way with them the first time, but um, and they got some momentum going into this game. But on the road out there where the weather is a little bit warmer, well, it's a lot warmer, obviously. But uh, I think the Cardinals played in the, played exceptionally well last week. I mean, they impressed me uh, going into Carolina and just dismantling a, a very solid Carolina team who's been good all year at home. Well, it was surprising to all of us,
1: man. I don't think there was anybody in the room that uh that, that saw that coming, although, you know, we played the we played the underdogs in our parlay last week. If you would have listened to our show, uh, you could have hedged your bet, uh, for nine thousand dollars. We we said take all underdogs uh in your parlay. We said take your two take actually we said just to recap and we're not bragging here, but we we do want our listeners to know uh that we we, we 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 back up what we say here. We said take Baltimore and Philly uh, parlay for 20 bucks to win you 100 And then we were so confident that that parlay would hit, we said take that $100 and put it on a four-team parlay with all the underdogs. Since you've already got two knocked out, if you get one more to win, then you may be able to hedge. And, and Pittsburgh was the last game, so that was going to be the hardest one to win. And so when all three won, hey, we just sat back and we hedged and we walked out winners. Uh, you know, yep. it was just one of those weeks where the underdogs, man, they came through. But
5: uh, well, we're, we're
1: gonna try. We're gonna try another go at it this week, Walkie. And, and if you want to stick around, and, and we'll get your picks as well.
5: Absolutely. I and mean, I will say this, Scott. If you know, if you don't mind me mentioning this, do you actually? I know you guys were mentioning this earlier. I think if Chris Johnson say, stayed in that game last week, I really, I think Tennessee truthfully would have won that game. Maybe. I mean, he was just killing them. I mean, really. I mean, I, which surprised me. You know, against a, so. an outstanding Baltimore defense, but usually. Guys like that that have, you know, well, I mean, him with his incredible speed and cutback ability, those type of runners are usually more, most effective against fast defenses, you know what I mean? Because yeah. a lot of times these quicker defenses, they tend to over-pursue the ball quite a bit, you know?
1: Yeah. And there's, there's something else I like, to, I like to look for. I like to look for, and, and this has always served me a little, uh, pretty well, but has the NFL team – Played their best game, and if they played their best game, then there's not much left. So, has Arizona? Did Arizona play their best game against Carolina? Possibly. Yeah. I I would say
4: so. Yeah. Hard to play any better
1: than that. That's really what. Yeah. Hard to play any better. I would say so. Hard to have an encore. You have a letdown. You know, you're just emotionally spent after games like that. I see it in all, all sports all the time. You have that big game, and there's just nothing left. And, right. and Philly just kind of had an easy way. The Giants really didn't threaten on offense at all, really, to get worked up about. Uh, and so let's look at the other side of the ball. Pittsburgh against San Diego, hey, they had a, a heck of a second half. I don't think you could call the first half their best game. Uh, and Baltimore played Tennessee on the road. That was a, well. you know. One you thing
2: you've got to remember, Scott, is
3: yeah.
2: Baltimore has played mm-hmm. the most games in a row in NFL history. Because of the hurricane, they had to play, their bye was in week two. And oh, right. they have played the most games in a row in NFL history. They're rolling. People say, well, they're tired. They're this, they're that. Well, I don't buy that because I think Baltimore's defense is that good. Yeah.
1: Well, Pittsburgh is no slouch either. They've been number one against the pass, number one against the run, oh,
2: number
1: one against points scored. Uh, I don't think we've ever seen a defense do this, uh, you know, just kind of roll through the league and have such an easy time with it. So it's going to be one of those games, you know. I, the over-under in this game is what, 34?
2: 34.
1: Well, Damn, I got it. Walk,
2: walkie, what do you think about that? Walk, walkie, 34 on that game. All
5: right. Uh, I think it's going to be another knockdown, down, uh type of game. You know, I mean, these two teams are, like I said, are pretty evenly matched. Uh, although I will say this, uh, Pittsburgh playing at home is going to, uh it's it's hard to beat the same team three times in one season i mean it's proven you right. look at the the previous records of games Good you know point. when it, when teams have faced each other you know three times in one season because they and especially a divisional rival you know what i mean and yeah. Pittsburgh and Baltimore has developed a, a it's a it's a hated rival it, these these two teams can't stand one another i think it's going to be a bloodbath i think it's going to be a very hard hitting physical game low scoring I will say this, though, so, um, evaluating each team and watching these teams, I think Pittsburgh, I'm giving them the nod uh, not only because they're at home, but Roethlisberger is huge at quarterback. He's a huge there's a huge advantage here. Uh, and not that, no disrespect to uh, Joe Flacco. I, Joe Flacco is no longer a rookie um, just for the simple fact that he's gone the whole entire right. season. I mean, he's gone right. up to this point. But – Again, this is a huge game. Stakes are high. They're going to be coming after him, and he's managed the game fairly well at this point. But I, I think again, I'm going to give the Steelers a nod here just because of Roethlisberger. I mean, he's he is a money quarterback, whether you like him or not. I mean, the guy's sure. what's the one I'm seeing, I don't know if you guys read the numbers on him, but he's the winningest quarterback in the first five years of his of, of his career, like any quarterback. Neil,
2: Neil, what do you think about it?
4: I think it's going to be an awfully good game. I got to give the edge to Pittsburgh again myself. I just think at home and playing as good as they are right now, they they seem to have Willie Parker back healthy, and I think that's been their missing piece all year. You know, for I love Baltimore defense. So I mean, I don't. I think you're going to have to come out and beat them.
2: Well, Scott, I guess we're alone. on an island because I'm yeah. I'm all about Baltimore. <laughs> well, I, I'm kind of just it. like uh, I'm kind of like, Dave,
1: like Baltimore against the spread just because I, I like six points in that game, but I'm going to take Pittsburgh for the – I think Pittsburgh will have the win uh, at the end of the day, but I, I can't turn down six points in a game that's going to be that cold of weather. Uh, it's going to be a ground game, McLean against Parker, and I don't know if Parker has a big day in store for him uh, against Baltimore. I just don't see another big game out of Parker. Uh, and, uh, you know, I think it's going to be a ground game, and, and they're going to try their best to you know to keep things – Close to the vest, so to speak, and uh, I don't I don't see that many points, so I'm going to go the under in that game, and I'm going to take Baltimore with the points.
2: Well, I'm going to take Baltimore straight up. Baltimore straight up, okay. Yep.
1: And, and then on the other side of the ball, uh, or the other side in the NFC, we've got uh, Arizona, Arizona and uh, Philly. Arizona is a four point underdog at home, and guys, remember the stat: teams that have beat the defending Super Bowl champ are one are 0-10 straight yes. up and 1-9 is the spread. So uh, does that impact your
2: decision here today? I did not know that. Yes, it does impact my decision. Uh, I can't make a decision right now. Uh, right now I still like Philly minus the 4, but uh, that, does, uh, that does impact me, Scott.
1: All right, Philly minus the 4, you're, you're sticking with that. Yeah, uh, and I'm 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 just going to go ahead. I've always been a stats guy. I'm going to go with the stats in that game. I'm going to take the home dog. Their their defense has completely changed uh with the addition of Cromartie. He's been a difference maker. Wilson's been the uh, been a difference maker. Uh you you could you could rattle off several names on that defense that have just really turned it around and and Hunt uh has something special going here. So you've got Warner as the possibly the I think the only quarterback that's ever taken two teams to the Super Bowl, right?
2: Yep. Now
4: okay. I think you got a team we're believing different. in themselves there too. You know, it really uh, that whole team's come uh, come together as a team.
1: And Fitzgerald has been absolutely unstoppable, kind of like reminiscent of Plaxico Burris. You can't stop the receiver; you're going to keep moving those chains. And uh, I can see him getting ten balls. I mean, I know Bolton's back, but I mean, I think he's going to be more of a decoy than anything. You're going to keep throwing at the Fitz, and uh, you're going to keep moving the chains. So I'm going to take Arizona for the for the straight up win here.
4: That, that's really hard for me to do. I'm the same way. I like Arizona, too, in this game. Uh, but I keep going back to that last game they played against Philly. I, mean, I think they got beat like 48-3 to three or something. Yeah. And, and we well, just, throw that hurt.
1: out. Philadelphia, Philadelphia that. played to a tie against Cincinnati, so that's the regular season. <laughs> <laughs> this is the playoffs. It's like the Giants, you know. They didn't look very good against Minnesota last year. They got routed by them, but they, you go to the playoffs and you're a different team. Walkie, who do you like in this game?
5: Uh... I like the cards getting the points. Um, <laughs> being a, I mean, Like I said, I'm not a big – I don't root for Philly. I don't like Philly. And um, I think, obviously, they're coming in on actually a high note. They've been playing extremely well, even though they've been very fortunate to get to this point. I personally don't think they belong here, um, you know, thanks to, uh, of course, Tampa Bay and Chicago losing. That kind of opened the door for Philly and, and just yeah. gave them momentum. And then, of course, they take their fresh – their aggression all out on my Cowboys and, and spanked this pretty good. So, but I, I think the whole key for Arizona guys, and I don't know if you guys agree. I mean, the defense has definitely uh, played ex, you know extremely well lately, um, especially with Wilson and Cromartie. Uh, but I think on offense, I think the running game. If they can establish that running game, and it seems like they're getting, they're putting more emphasis on that, and they're getting back to that. James has been running kind of with a chip on his shoulder. I think that's only going to open things up, you know, uh, because if you don't have that running game working, then they, obviously they become one dimensional, you well, know, even though they're hard I, to match up with, you know. But good.
2: I to- I totally agree. I mean, they've got to establish some semblance of a running game because one thing about James, he was kind of he was kind of upset about three or four weeks ago. He said, "I'm not a blocker. I didn't come here to be a blocker." And they started getting the ball and. Hunt is—he's kind of a genius in, in his own sort of way. So uh, I'll, I'll see him uh, getting uh, James involved and uh, Hightower Tower involved, but I don't think it's going to be enough.
4: Yeah, I think if they can keep from turning the ball over and they can keep their offense on the field like they have in these past couple of games, and they and they all they do is keep the team team's defenses on the field. You know, they don't really they make them play catch up. You know, I think they'll have
1: well. Uh, and, and Carlos Dansby's been a difference maker uh, in the middle there too. Don't forget about him, the offensive linebacker. He's five years now, and he's, and he's really got his game going. Walkie, thanks for joining us, man. Come back next week, and we'll uh, we'll, we'll talk about uh, how we did here, buddy.
5: Yeah, I appreciate it, man. You guys are uh, did a great show tonight. man. It's the first time I've ever I've got a chance to listen to you, and you guys are I was impressed. So,
2: thanks a lot, Walkie. We appreciate it. Join us again. All right. Yep. Take. To- all right, that was uh that
1: was uh, one of our message board uh or, or chat room posters. Uh Walkie's joined the show and he had it. he really brought his uh, he really brought the game and brought broke down the games for us guys.
2: I love I love when somebody brings their a ray game, knows what they're talking about, knows what they're doing, and uh Walkie did it and I well, appreciate it. Swag that.
1: he didn't stick around, swag didn't stick around, things got kinda of heated there and he kind of uh he kinda of took off. I'd have liked to see them uh, yeah. get both on the call there and
4: that'd <laughs> have <laughs> been fun. I'd said this earlier on the chat in the chat room. I was thinking, gosh, this Arizona team—the more I watch them, the more they're reminding me of that old six Indianapolis team. Just kind of the whole makeup of the team, the offense and defense. You know, they've got the uh, just the way they're playing the game, keeping the offenses on the their offense on the field. You know, taking advantage yep. of turnovers and, yep.
1: and
4: playing good defense.
1: You're not kidding.
3: It, it's kind
2: of it's kind of crazy how it turns out, isn't it, Neil? I mean, uh-huh, we I just so. uh, we watch. You know, games throughout the season, sixteen, seventeen weeks, but then when it comes to playoff time, the whole uh, picture changes because defenses ends up winning the games. And you've got to have the big just, playmakers too. You know, and they, yeah, yeah, like yeah, yeah. You do. To I totally agree. I totally agree. I, well, I think it's been a great show, Scott.
1: Yeah, it'll be nice to see uh, what Bolden can do. And, and, and guys, uh, for all the Louisville Kentucky fans, we apologize. We we are going to talk Louisville Kentucky just. You're going to have to stick on through the break. We our show will archive here at about uh, uh, a little after midnight, about twelve twenty midnight. Our show will archive. You can come back and you can download this to your iTunes if you'd like uh, as a podcast. And uh, we're going to talk Louisville and Kentucky basketball here at the last part of the show.
4: We had after Bucky the... on there. We should have asked him
2: about this if he was a Panther
4: fan, of Pittsburgh. Oh, yeah. Well, well, yeah.
2: I tell you what, I will tell you what, and also people, we're going to uh, we're going to talk Louisville and Kentucky next Friday. Because the NFL will be on a bye, waiting for the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm.
1: That's right. It will. That's right. We are going to talk a lot of Louisville, Kentucky. So uh, if everybody will just hang with us uh, and, and come back and, and pick up the archive, uh, we'll, we'll, we'll get to all of our Louisville, Kentucky fans. We're sorry we didn't get to you, but hey, this is Championship Weekend, and, and we've got Louisville and Pittsburgh coming up, and Kentucky uh, is getting ready to play their big game. Uh, who are they playing, Mike?
2: They're playing Georgia. Yeah, Mm -hmm. playing Georgia.
1: I mean, they they did have a big win against Tennessee. We're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about the big win. We're going to talk about the big win uh, of Louisville over Notre Dame in overtime, and we're going to talk uh, the Louisville Cardinals against the Pittsburgh Panthers, number one Pitt Panthers coming into Freedom Hall.
2: But Uh, I'll tell you what, Scott, it it was a lot of fun uh, with uh, this last hour uh, talking football. The football still breathes 365 days a year, baby.
1: We'll be back. This is Scott Atkins and Mike Trent, Dr. Dish. And Buster Blues. Talk Radio. See you guys next week. You All right, we're back at Red vs. Blue Sports Talk Radio. This is Scott Atkins, your host. Uh your co-host Mike Trent, and we've also got Dr. Dish in the house. We're going to talk Louisville and Kentucky basketball, guys. Uh that was a great show on the NFL, but let's 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 talk college basketball. Louisville, uh this week had, well, in <laughs> the last week they've beaten two ranked opponents. Uh they beat Villanova and uh they beat Notre Dame back-to-back. So they've got two big wins and they're 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 going for their third straight win against a ranked opponent this week uh six o'clock p m on e s p n against number one and undefeated pittsburgh at sixteen and zero in the uh, hall yeah in freedom hall it'll be a sold out crowd i wish i could be there i tell you uh we've got uh, be a a lot on here uh i I've, I've, I've got some stats here i i've actually broke down this game and uh you know, the first thing you gotta talk about when you when you're talking about Pittsburgh is you you gotta talk about Dewan Blair, the sophomore center. Um, he he went for twenty three and fifteen against St John's. He's a six foot seven, two hundred and sixty five pound uh forwards play center. They really don't have a true center on the team, but they play that big a physical basketball in the Big East. Uh, he's shooting 60% from the field and averaging 13 rebounds per game. The candidate for the Big East Player of the Year for sure. Um, but they've also got two sharp-shooting uh, players here in Sam Young, a six-foot-six forward, and LeVance Fields. Now, this LeVance Fields, uh, both these guys shoot uh, 39% from the three-point line. Okay, so they're shooting roughly 40% kind of like our best uh, players, Jerry Smith and Will Scott, Preston Knowles, um, who are all shooting 40%, by the way. Uh, LeVance Fields is averaging, uh, you know, just over uh, 10 points per game, but he's dishing the rock. He's dishing the rock. He's averaging, uh, what does it say here, 4.7 assists. Uh, is third in the nation in assists. So, oh, I'm sorry. It's 4.7 assist to turnover ratio. 4.7 assist to turnover ratio is third in third in the NCAA, or leads the nation. 4.7 assist to turnover leaves the nation. I'm sorry, and third in assists. Okay, that's just uh, that's just amazing. We've got. Uh, I'm trying to read my handwriting here. Sam Young is the six foot six forward. He's averaging 19 points per game shooting 40% from the three-point line. So, uh, you know, you've got these three guys you've got to stop. And uh, Dr. Dislow has been holding their own uh, against these bigger teams. Uh, you, you saw what they did to Heron-Gote.
4: Uhhuh. Yeah, we're going to and, have couple with Blair inside. I have no doubt about that. I think the real key is their point guard, the uh, uh, fields. Yeah, the fields. I, I think from you got to get the ball. you gotta, you got to jump on him, double-team him, get the ball out of his hands. Make somebody else beat you. I mean, he, he'll he distribute the ball to where it needs to be, you know, and that's a he's just he's the key to beating them, I think.
1: Uh, it's, it's a Brooklyn point guard, so you know Sosa will uh, be amped to play a fellow Brooklyn point guard uh-huh. uh, in this matchup. Sosa, the story there, I mean, he's only shooting 23% from the three point line, he shot 37% last year there, so he's had a major dip off from the three. Um, I was looking at these stats earlier this week, and uh, I didn't see anything really glaring out. T. Will's improved from 30% from the 3 to 34. Uh, Jerry Smith still hovering right around 40%. Will Scott was only shooting 28% last year. He's shooting 42 now. Preston Knowles was shooting 32%. He's shooting 42% this year. Uh, That's a big improvement. And Andre McGee was shooting 32% this year. He was shooting 39% last year. So, uh, it's kind of all over the board. Earl Clark, who actually I thought was a good three-point shooter last year, I don't know, he was at 22% last year. He's improved to 31% this yeah, he's done year. Pretty
4: good last game, really good. I tell you what, you know, that's their problem. If they go, if they take the three out after they get the ball inside, moving the ball around, if they take it out, yeah. you know, when they throw it back out, uh, they they do really good on that. But they seem to be settled for a three. Throw the ball around the outside too much, you know, and don't get it inside. But the, the big men need to touch it inside, and they've got a nice combination. Uh, with the freshman underneath and Earl Clark out about the foul line if they told you that uh Danny Crum could make good use of that uh, uh the u c l a offense you know the high low post you know yep you know
2: you know what neil i'm 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 looking at the uh a c c or the big east and I'm seeing a lot of things that just totally blow me away uh
6: yep.
2: i am looking at, at the top twenty five they got one, two, three, four, five, 6, 7, eight and 7 this
4: month. Yeah, seven this month. Eight. Yeah, I think there's eight. eight. As
2: of right yeah. now, ranked in the top twenty-five. Another one right there, close. Here. That yeah. is incredible. That's uh, like eight, and one eight thing, games in the next twenty-nine days. One thing I see about Louisville is they're growing up. They're growing yeah. up. Uh, one one game at a time. They're growing oh. up. They're learning new things. Yeah, yeah. Uh, they're They're learning mistakes and what have you and. Uh, you know, I, I see Louisville, uh you know, being a, a very viable force. There's going to be two scenarios that's going to happen out of the Big East. Either three or four make it to the final four, or they're going to bust out because they're so sick and tired of playing each other yeah. come March, they're going to lay down. Yeah. I, well, don't don't, don't that, don't I don't our think that's going to happen. i going to be of
4: that myself. I, yeah. And we don't I, think I
1: that don't far think, ahead. I, the big well, East. that, can't that, that the that's a, you got
4: to you got to play one game, game at a time. You got to
2: play yeah. one game. one game at a games. time. What a cliche! What a cliche! You sound like a you <laughs> sound like an athlete, Scott. Well, come just, on can't. now. In the big East, then, one I mean, game, well, game at a time. The, come the, on! All
4: the teams know this. You you got to win your home games. You have got to win your home games, and that's what I really like about Louisville. They won their first two on the road in conference this
3: year. Yeah. At,
4: yeah. Florida and Villanova, but then they come back home and. Luckily, they handled, uh, in overtime, they handled, you could just see Notre Dame wearing down at the end of that game. You know, I think they only used like seven players or so, and I think Louisville was about 10 or 11. Teams. Well,
2: the one thing about it, you never want to go against Rick Pitino in overtime because yeah. you're done. You're done. Yeah. I don't care how good you are. You could be the Lakers. You could be the Celtics. The, the
4: thing that you could be Paul really
2: Pierce. Ray Allen and KG yep. go against Rick Patino in overtime. You're done. <laughs> but they did, take the, they did
4: take the ball to the hole this week and, and took it their uh, first option. Right. You know, if they didn't get it, they threw it back out, and they were knocking down threes with the, at the end of that yep. game. And,
1: and that's what I want to talk about. Down in the middle, uh, Samarco Samuels is our leading scorer at 13.9 points a game. Uh, Earl Clark's uh, right. Earl Clark's right there behind him. Uh, and then you've got T. Will, who's had a big improvement uh, at 12.3 points per game, but primarily in the rebounds, T. Will's been a difference maker. He's averaging a full two more rebounds. He averaged seven last year. He's up to 9.3 this year, and his assists has improved. Everything's improved about T. Will's game. This guy is positioning himself, and Rick does this every year with one of his guys, to make a run at that at that uh, NBA draft, and T. Will's looking really solid right now. Uh, nine rebounds a game. Twelve points a game, five assists a game. He's, he just had a uh, the game he had was just incredible. Twenty four points, sixteen rebounds, eight assists, three steals. He was just filling up the stat board, and uh, and he was just everywhere the other night. It was just a fantastic game. I've watched that game two or three times now. Uh, Earl Clark had a good day, fifteen points and ten boards. Samardo had eighteen points and six rebounds. Jerry Smith three of four from the three point line. McGee played tenacious defense, and then. Terrence Jennings' dad, uh, three blocks, key blocks, late in the game. I love seeing. We said one of those freshmen have to step up, whether it be Swapshire or Jennings, and Jennings played the best game of the year so
4: far. We're going to need him in this Pittsburgh game too. I mean, they have got a lot of muscle. They got the. They got a Pittsburgh has been for the past five years have been a, a team full of Adrian Dantley
2: types. You know, <laughs> they
4: just. They're, you
3: know,
2: they're I, like, I, I saw Denver, that on the. You know? I, I saw that on the message board, Neil. You know, you talk about uh guys having a lot of a Adrian Dantley type uh mm-hmm. physique and this yep. this and that, but he does, he does.
1: Yeah, do you guys uh you guys do you you know who DeAndre Liggins is, Mike?
2: Yeah. Do I know who DeAndre Liggins yeah. is? Absolutely. Well, I, I
1: I thought it would be good to mention that uh it was Jennings and Liggins in their uh uh they were recruiting. Do you know who Jody um, Meeks is? <laughs> they were rec- they were recruiting who uh, now? Uh-huh. Or, yeah, against uh, you know in the semifinals last year of their national uh, of their national championship game. And Terrence Jennings, when he committed to Louisville, he played at Notre Dame Prep, and uh, he was a consensus top 15 player, and uh, we knew he had potential. But he really showed me something in this game against Heron Godey. I know I was late in the game, but he really showed up and stepped up his defense, which is what we needed to have. And, uh, sure. man, uh, the, I, I love seeing that. I, I love seeing the guys come through. And then at the end of the game there, I could read, I, I, I read Rick Pitino's lips. He said, he told Will Clark, you're taking the shot. And so that was a yeah. play designed for Will Smith. And, and you know, I, off think the bat, defense, I think the defense saw it coming. I think they knew to cover him, and, and he missed the shot. But I, I really don't think of, you know, I know Padgett, uh, David Padgett uh, from Louisville, he was he – was, kicking uh, kicking him around the other day saying you know when when coach designs a play for you to win the game you make the shot and <laughs> you know
2: uh well one thing about it is uh you know thedo's not dumb we all know that he's yeah. he's a perfect uh he's a perfect uh strategist when it comes to breaking down a play knowing what needs to happen when it needs to happen you know and, and he does a very very great job of that um uh, and Louisville, uh obviously, I'm not a fan of Louisville cause I'm. Big. Yeah, so,
1: so so really, we can just mute you then because we really are talking <laughs> but Louisville
2: right No, now. No, no, there <laughs> will be no we'll, muting. We'll we'll
1: but, talk uh, but, to you here in a little while. They're they're, they're kind of on the back page of the sports section right now, and we're talking Louisville. No but but,
2: but, but I or. watch I watch the game as a fan, and uh, I, I'm always having a fun time watching uh, Louisville as a fan, and uh, they. They've got a lot of good things going. I mean, the momentum, the momentum is going. And uh, it's going to be fun to watch them uh, against Pittsburgh. And that's going to be that's a lot of team, fun because – go ahead.
1: Pittsburgh's the team that beat Louisville in the Big East uh, tournament. And uh, that's the team that, remember, Bob Knight was real high on Pittsburgh, winning it all. He was at, yep. he was his, their yep. pick. And they went out in the tournament to Michigan State round two and, and didn't get it done. Whereas Louisville went on a little bit further and played North Carolina in the lead eight, but this is a revenge game for uh, for Patino. I'm sure uh, Jamie Dixon, uh, you know, has a have a good game plan every time we play. Uh, we we actually beat them on the road last year in Pittsburgh, and then we lost to them. Uh, we lost to them in the uh, in the Big East tournament, so it's, it it could go either way. Does anybody have the spread
4: of the game? I haven't seen it yet.
2: No, they don't they don't release it until tomorrow morning, day of the okay. game. I wouldn't well, be surprised if they don't have Louisville favorite by a point. Game. You know, they I have would say six points against Notre Dame. No, nah, I. You know what, Neil? I I, I would say uh, Pittsburgh probably about one two point favorite. It could be. I mean, you right. know, it could be. I just said I wouldn't. I'm, I'm going to guess
1: favorite. Louisville. I'm going to guess Louisville is a three point favorite.
4: Yeah, I would. I wouldn't be surprised to see that. No.
1: Nah.
2: Well, if they okay, are. I'm Mike, thinking what do you, what Pittsburgh. You,
1: you're thinking Pitt's a favorite by uh, two or three points?
2: Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I'd, I'd say Pitt be oh, one two report, I'd Say play. it be
1: right,
4: you know what? No,
1: no, you know I saw some press the other night. You know they this is this is still a Louisville team that a lot of analysts are picking to win it all, and they saw those those last two games, ranked games, and uh, you know you've got to be you've got to have everything clicking to
2: go in there and win a road game. They the were nose hair away it's from they've got Kentucky for God's sake, and Kentucky's well, not even ranked. Yeah. Come on,
3: Pittsburgh, has, <laughs> Pittsburgh
2: hasn't won <laughs> in
1: a game Pittsburgh hasn't won a significant game yet. They won at Georgetown, but we saw what Tennessee did to Georgetown, and we know how bad Tennessee is after the other night. You know, so they're they nothing to get excited
4: about. <laughs> how about Tony Meeks, baby? Tony yeah. Meeks, baby. Unreal, wasn't he? Unreal. On he did, this is fire! He, this is, he, he was, was in, in one of those bang. Larry Bird
2: zones. I know he's. Great. It's great to see a player. He was on fire, and you know it was such a it, such a great. Uh, attribute to the uh, Kentucky tradition when uh yeah, yeah. you know he, he he didn't know what to say, he didn't didn't know how to react.
4: I, I, I don't then, know you, you gotta give him a lot of credit for that, but I, I give a lot of uh, I mean a lot of that was due to the no defense from Tennessee. I mean they had time but they them freshman guards just couldn't they weren't on him. He was Jody open.
2: Meeks was shooting from twenty four feet out. Yeah he was on wide open on shots. so
4: many shots there just like set shots like in practice, you know they were well,
2: in Dan Issel Dan Isl- Dan called him from uh, Colorado. Said, mm-hmm. uh, you know, he gave him a voicemail, and uh, Jody Meeks called him back. And Dan Issel said, "I watched that game from Colorado. I loved it. I love what you did. You broke a record. You broke a great record. And uh, let's go celebrate. Let's go celebrate it in March."
4: Well, that was a twenty-point win against Tennessee, and you know, too at Tennessee. So that was a big yeah. win for Kentucky. In that-
2: <laughs> yeah, and. On the other side of it, though, Neil, the, the SEC is weak. The SEC is very weak. It's nothing like the uh, the Isn't Big East right now. Out There,
4: there shouldn't be any standouts in there.
2: But uh, a win it's is good, well and you
4: know it, yeah, it's I gonna, think, like up, I say, This is that time of year when build. they're, it, they're it, developing it, it, the chemistry it, and stuff, and really getting into their conference plays. And oh, it's going to build out, confidence. You know, and knowing their role, so I think. Yeah,
2: it's going to build confidence with uh, Jody Meeks and uh, Patrick Patterson, and they're they're going to let D'Angelo Liggins, I mean, these guys are going to come in and they're going to make things happen. It's just going to take time, and, you know, it's going going to be a long, hard road. (laughs) hold
4: off the, you know, you can see, like, Jody Meeks coming to the forefront here. Now a lot of teams are going to play, you know, you're going to have to develop some other shooters because they're going to double team him now. Yeah, well, Well, I, I mean, that,
2: that wasn't his first breakout game. He had 46. Yeah. Two weeks ago, I mean, it's not like his first game in the, that he's gone off the, you know, off the charts. Uh, the bottom line is he's great. He's a quick. He,
4: he's a 25-point scorer, night. He catch pretty you, much is, you know, because he's got the ball in his hands
2: a lot, you know. He catches and shoots the ball quicker than any college athlete I've ever, I think I've ever seen. I mean, no, I, no, 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 no. look at Davidson. How Curry?
4: There's nobody quicker than him on it getting a shot off. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You know, uh, the he, other day,
1: he, uh, other day, Rick Bozers had posted uh, who his uh, All American team was. His first team All Americans. His all American team, this was uh, the 13th back on uh, Monday night, or Tuesday night. Uh, he had Jody Meeks, Stephen Curry, Blake Griffin, Dewan Blair, Griffin. and Luke Harangody as his All Americans. He said, Read it and weep, Carolina. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, so he left oh, Hansborough, huh? off.
4: Hansborough, He left
1: off Hansborough, put on Harangody, and then put Jody Meeks in there when. You know, I like that Jeff Teague from Wake Forest in Indianapolis. Yeah, you've uh, got to
4: have Teague. Teague might be the best player in the country, I think. He might. He's
1: from Indianapolis, and that kid's shooting 54% mm-hmm. from the three-point line. But then oh, again, wow. Meek's, Meek's shot, uh, Meek, Meek scored over 50 the other night, so you can't really argue with uh, putting him on there. you got to have Stephen Curry on there, so. Yeah,
2: Yeah, it's but how can you keep Hansborough
1: off? F- off? How can you <laughs> keep Hansborough <laughs> off, right? I don't think you
4: early get really on really, really, really,
1: Blake Griffin, gonna, you got to have Blake Griffin on there. Leave
4: somebody off. And Heron yeah. big East Player of the Year, you know, kind of like the, or last year. Well, maybe you
1: take off the Juan Blair and, and you put Heron Gaudy and uh, Heron, and
4: um, your North yeah. Carolina
1: Hansborough there. Maybe you could put right. both those yeah. two big
4: guys on there. Yep. <laughs> but they're all right there together. They're pretty, pretty tight. There's some good players out there this year, and we're going to get to see a bunch of them, Scott. And it's a uh, uh, I mean, I. If you look I got at the. One
3: rankings, thing I, play I got one thing. On I got one thing want to
2: bring up. What? Um. John Gruden fired. Oh, couldn't believe it. Couldn't believe it. What do you it. think about that, guys?
1: Uh, it was it. a little, little unexpected after seven years, but uh, you know, it's the, it's the meltdown. They didn't, they didn't, they yeah. go to GM, so it sounded like a standoff. The GM, uh, you know, the owner came down and said, "Hey, we got to do something," and
3: uh, he not. didn't.
1: He didn't. He didn't. He didn't say uh, the right answer to that owner. So the owner said, "Well, I got to get rid of both of you." So he got rid of. What do you think the about
4: Bill? Well, I think I was more surprised with a Denver firing. You know, but I mean, a team team kind of get stagnant like that. You know, I mean, Indy was kind of at that point. They're playing with the same team they won in 06. I mean, the, a few add-ons here and there, but basically the same team. You know,
1: and you can't lose your eight, for. and you got
4: to bring on some young blood in these games. You know, and you got to
1: change okay. something. You know. Would it
2: shock you? Would it shock you to see Tampa Bay bring in Mike Shanahan?
4: No, I, I think that'd be a good move for him. <laughs> I, I think
1: yeah. yep. I like it. That, that may be the plan, Mike, because it doesn't sound like Shanahan's going to the Jets. So I, I could see Shanahan maybe going to uh, <laughs> going to. Well, uh, you
2: being a Jet Jets fan, Scott, uh, uh, who do you want? Who do you want? Who, who's your first choice right now?
1: Oh, uh, I guess I'd go defense to take Spagnuolo, whatever his name is from the Giants, Spagnoli. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh-huh.
2: Spagnuolo. I think I, I, I think
1: Spagnuolo. I think I'd go that direction and build your team around a good, strong defensive coach because uh, the offense is too unpredictable right now. And You know, but. Well, guys, it's been a fun show, man. We tried to fit it all in, and, and we did. So it, it ran a little bit over. I hope the Louisville Kentucky fans can come on and find this in the archive because it's uh, – it's at the end, so if you tell your friends, make sure and tell them it's at the end of the sixty minute show to go and just go ahead and scroll over and the easiest way to do that is to download it to your iTunes, so just go to iTunes and pull it up under your bo- under your podcast and uh, you can play you can you can use it in your iTunes player. It works a lot better than the than the blog Talk radio player, but uh that's the easiest way to do it for me, okay, but uh guys, it's been Sounds a fun good. show. And uh, we're, we'll we'll do it again next Friday night, and there'll be a lot more to talk about with uh, with Louisville, oh, Kentucky. Cards. That's for sure. <laughs> so,
3: uh, go big blue, Neil. All right, <laughs> red
1: versus blue Good
2: sports talk radio, and
1: uh, we'll see you guys next week.
2: That's got. All right, thanks, guys. <laughs> Bye.